Now, listen, it might not be right after a Phoenix Suns game, but you're still going to get some jam session content because today is the NBA trade deadline. As many of the Phoenix Suns fans obviously know by now, the Suns didn't do anything. And you know what? That might not be a bad thing, but we're still going to talk about it on this edition of the Suns Jam Session podcast. Matthew, I bring you in. How you doing this evening? Another an emergency podcast. Everybody, everybody's yeah. doing their podcast tonight, so we got to do ours. Yeah, we're like the cherry on the Sunday, right? For tonight, the trade deadline day. That's us. We're here. We made it, and I couldn't wait for this pod. Yeah, we were talking about it a little bit last night. You know, are we going to do one? Is there going to be anything that's going on that's going to be exciting enough to yeah. actually have a podcast relative to the Suns? You know what? The Suns didn't do anything. Uh, and I'm okay with that. And we're going to discuss kind of what those thoughts are, guide ourselves through the emotions. Was it a good idea not to do anything? Was it a bad yeah. idea not to do anything? And we're going to bring our buddy Flex on. He has he actually hasn't been on the show since uh, right before CP3 was traded to us, correct? Mm -hmm. I think that's the last time we had No, him I think on. it was. Yeah, he pretty much broke the news. He came on the pod too. So one of the best pods we've ever had. <laughs> yeah, really seriously. So uh, before we get started, as per usual, we want to thank the Jamsters who are joining us live on a non-post podcast for the, the Sun's Jam session. So thank you for doing so. If you're listening on the Bright Side of the Sun podcast network, go ahead, subscribe, rate, and review. And if you're on Apple Podcasts, give us one of those five-star reviews. If you're watching along live on YouTube, please one hit the thumbs up button and two please subscribe we're getting ever so close to 1000 so we can't do it without you jamsters so we thank you for doing that and the last thing i want to remind everybody is you know what if you got an ice cold beer like i do this is the perfect kind of podcast to sit back relax and Cheers. talk about some things so matthew's got his uh that's uh a whole cup full of whiskey uh, it is all whiskey i'm i'm, I'm very impressed with that beer out just yes. straight whiskey for matthew tonight <laughs> And I am being pretty lame. I'm just going to rock a Coors Light. So drink them if you got them, Suns fans. Oh, yeah. And let's talk about the trade deadline. So the trade deadline has come and gone in the Phoenix Suns, outside of adding Tory Craig for cash considerations, did nothing. And I, you know what? I'm okay with that. But I want to hear what you guys think. So first and foremost, I want to welcome back to the show. It's been since, gosh, when did the season start? November? So or the trade <laughs> deadline and all that. It's been a long yeah. time. But welcome back to Flex from Jersey, the guy who's burning the candle at both ends. Last time he was on the podcast, I think he was in a closet. Now he's got like painting on the wall <laughs> and like a golden hoop. Like, look at you, dude. Yeah. How you doing, man? Hey, man, I'm doing I'm doing well, brother. You guys can hear me fine, right? But, yeah, you're um, pretty clear. Yeah, I'm, I'm doing well, brother. Love you guys. Uh, love your show. Big fan. Been been wanting to do this for a minute, man. I bet we've been corresponding behind the scenes trying to find a time and uh, the window opened up tonight, man. So I'm excited, man. I love having having uh, have, having this uh, time, you know, to, to give you guys. Um, so it's always, it's always a blast, bro. Yeah, thanks for being on, man. Appreciate yeah, it. We, we Thank appreciate you, guys. You. A, a busy schedule I know you have going on. Uh, before we get into some Suns talk, do you want to tell everybody what you're doing and where they can follow you outside of Twitter and watching you occasionally on the uh, the Suns Jam session? Yes, sir. So, um, yeah, it's exciting, man. We got the uh, Coast to Coast podcast still with my, my partner, Dan Duarte. Um, you can catch us on Twitter, uh, Coast to Coast Pod 1, at Coast to Coast Pod 1. Uh, I just linked on with KSRN Arizona with my guy Earl Burnett. 
It's a daily radio show. Uh, you can catch it on KSRNAZ.com, uh, usually Monday and Fridays. Um, and if, if there's a Suns game on Monday or Friday, we do an off day. But I'll be tweeting that stuff out. Um, I also got a podcast with Earl Burnett on the Believe Network. Um, and as always, the uh, Suns post game show with my guy John Bloom. And, and catch me on social at Cruise FE. Cruise FE 13. So a lot going on, guys. I hope yes, you got sir. anything all that. else. <laughs> anything else you got? <laughs> what, what's your OnlyFans page? Cruise FE 13. <laughs> oh, no. Yes, that's it. <laughs> that's awesome. Killing it, man. Killing it. So uh, we were talking before we came on live. I think one of the things that's I want to say frustrating because we absolutely love doing this podcast. But one thing that's different for us this year, Suns fans, is we no longer get to hear you come on with John Bloom on those post games because we go live right after every game. So, uh, you know, again, thank you for taking the time and joining us on this podcast. We have plenty to talk about. Uh, and it's it's funny because I was telling Matthew before we started, it's interesting how James Jones operates because he always goes against the grain. If you're thinking we need to draft a, a, a point guard of the future, he's drafting he's drafting a you know a wing. If you're thinking okay, we need to make a trade and try to get one of these guys uh, a backup big or maybe another playmaker, he's not doing anything. This is second year in a row that he hasn't done anything. You know what what did you hear throughout this entire process? Because I know that you have uh, your ear to the ground and your finger on the pulse of kind of everything that's going on behind the scenes relative to the Suns. What were you hearing as it le- as we led up into this trade deadline flex? You know, this this was a unique year, man, because um, first things first, man, I think one of the first things we got to clear up is this trade deadline year is a little unique because of the new format with the 9-10 seeding. Everyone's still having a shot. Yep. So there was gonna, there was a lot of teams that were reluctant to do things because at this time of the year, you'd have half the conference out of it already pretty much, and they're ready to tank and they're ready to do things. But there's two extra teams now that got a shot. So I anticipated it being a, a quiet deadline, especially for the Suns. But um, I will tell you this. I did a pod on Monday um, on the Believe Network with my guy Earl. And um, I, was hearing, I was hearing a lot of things about Aaron Gordon. Um, I reached out to a contact um, actually out of Orlando, close source out of Orlando. And um, there was some momentum there with the Phoenix Suns and, and Aaron Gordon. And uh, I think, I think uh, Shams came out early on NBA TV and confirmed that the Suns were indeed one of the teams that was talking about Aaron Gordon. But um, I, I tell you what, I thought it would be a quiet deadline. I thought they would pounce on an opportunity to get a guy like Aaron Gordon if the price was right. But, but the problem was, is, you know, the CP3 uh, protected pick, Throw a monkey wrench into any picks we can get. So we would have yep. needed a third team, right? You need a third team um, to maybe provide the picks that Orlando would want. And then my close source um, told me that, uh, you know, Orlando started talking Cam Johnson and James Jones, uh, being the smart guy that he is, immediately backed out and said, hey, listen, uh, you know, this is the parameters. This is what we're willing to do, but we're not willing to mess with the core four. And core four being uh, Booker, Aiton, Cam, and Mikel. They don't count CP as a core four because they know that the time, you know, the expiration yeah. date on that contract. But yeah, <laughs> True that. So, so, um, so I thought that was the case. And then I tweeted yesterday that there may be um, there's some interest in some middle to end of the bench rotation guys. If they fell on our lap, we would be able to kind of trade one of our guys for that guy if we thought it was an upgrade. Um, but nothing, nothing too serious. I think the buyout market is, is where, where it's at. 
So mm-hmm. we we basically dodged a bullet, right? Getting Cam, getting rid of Cam Johnson would have tore this fan base apart. I mean, that's a oh, big God. piece of the future. So I'm glad to hear that that didn't happen. I'm sure Orlando won away more, including uh, Cam Johnson. So luckily they went away from that. I know Aaron Gordon was a nice name, but he wasn't someone that's like. Ah, like he's going to put us over the top. You know, he doesn't have playoff experience. A lot of these guys don't have like the playoff experience that we want on this team. He's a great athlete, great defender. He can be maybe in a new situation, be better offensively too. I'm just kind of glad we didn't give up too much and we didn't. So right now I'm actually pretty, I'm sitting pretty happy. So I'm glad nothing really happened or nothing happened at all. (laughs) Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. Um, I like Aaron Gordon on this team, but I I got a free, the, the, the key phrase is on this team, right? So mm-hmm. as a fourth option on this team, I thought he would have been a nice addition um, because of some of the things he can do defensively and on the glass and the fact that we're so loaded at the wing spot. And we can, you know, we got a plethora of guys that can that can, you know, go from the two, three and four all switchable. Um, and I think that's going to be big in the playoffs. So I, I liked him if, uh, if the price was right. But. Yeah. Again, um, not like you say, I agree. Not a needle mover, not a guy that you're going to get and you're going to say, okay, now this team is a championship team, you know, close the book, Uh, you know, like James Harden in Brooklyn or something like that. No, I I agree. And, you know, again, you have to look at it kind of uh, as it pertains to wins. Like if you add Aaron Gordon, truly how many more wins would that add to the Sun Squad? Because it would take adding up to $18 million worth of contracts to bring him here. And the way that this roster is structured, we've talked about it before on the podcast, but we're very top-heavy. You have CP3 and Book, and then you have Aiton and Sarich, uh, Jalen Smith's contracts up there, so and Jay Crowder as well. So you'd have to get rid of you know Cam Johnson plus another piece just to equal what it would have brought to bring Aaron Gordon here. So he's somebody who's always been attractive to the Suns fan base because in years past we've thought that you know he was unhappy, and it finally got to the point where they decided to let him go along with Vucevic and with Evan Fournier. And I'm just, I think I can speak for all Suns fans where it's like, fuck, you're like one day too late doing this. We could have used this trade yesterday, right? Yeah. And maybe that was what uh, helped the trades go through is the the win last night with Orlando, them actually, those players showing how well they can actually play and what, what they can bring to a team, especially Fournier. I mean, he's a baller, but everyone knows that, but he, He's a guy, he's not going to be a savior for the Celtics, but he's he's definitely a good addition. And you can see it when we played him last night. Um, but I was going to say, the Suns, they they really won this last offseason before the season started. You know, Chris Paul, Jay Crowder, those are veteran guys, playoff guys that we needed to push them to where we are right now. So I don't think there was really that guy out there to help us. Uh, to ruin what we have now, to see how far this team can go this year to the playoffs and maybe even farther, and then the off season, and then maybe next trade deadline. That's a good, you know, that's a good way to go about this trade deadline. Just kind of do nothing. See what we have in DA. See what we have in Booker. This team's young. What they can do in the playoffs, and just go from there. Because the Nuggets, I mean, they're kind of established. They've been in the playoffs multiple years. They know what they need to get to the next place, get over that hump. And they got their pieces, I think, to get to that next place. Maybe a championship contender now. But the Suns just don't really know what they have yet with these young guys. I don't think. Yeah, no, I, listen, here, here's the thing about the one you said it, the, the offseason they had was uh, absolutely incredible. And for my money, they're the deepest team in basketball. I mean, when you have a team and you're thinking about making a trade and you're you're pulling teeth to find out who's the guy you might have to cut. 
You, yeah. you know, you know what I mean? Normally yeah. you got a guy at the end of the bench, 15, 14. And you're like, okay, if I got to, if I got to cut this guy to bring this guy in, it's not a problem. I, this team is struggling with that. I mean, if, if they brought somebody in on a buyout, uh, you gotta, you gotta now sit down and say, who's, who do we get rid of? And that's how deep we are. And so I, I thought it was, a, it was uh, what you said, you hit it right on the nail. Um, here's, here's the thing about the Suns, the position they're in at two. Uh, it's it's a tough situation because if you do something and you ruffle the feathers and you mess with chemistry, then everyone's going to run back and say, "Why'd you touch it?" Right? Bingo. But it, but if yeah. you don't do anything and if they flame out or something happens, then you're going to have the crowd that's going to say, "Oh, I told you, you should have did something." So James was in a really tough spot. Um, but I will I will say this. Um, I believe them holding Pat was the right thing to do. They believe in his core. Uh, another thing about the trade deadline that people kind of overlook a little bit is, and we're going through it with Tory Craig, right? Mm-hmm. So when you bring a guy in midseason like this, especially in a short season, and normally when you make this move, you have about 32 games or somewhere 35 left, right? But yeah. now we're, you know, with a 72 game season, it's a little bit shorter. So the learning curve shrinks. And so now does that guy pick the defense up? Does that guy pick the offense up? Is he going to be a guy that's going to be able to play heavy minutes and trust because he hasn't been in the system so long? And how long is it going to take for him to adapt to that, you know, to the new players and a new atmosphere and everything? So when you combine all of that, it makes a lot of sense that we kind of just chill back and said, okay, you know what? We're going to run with what we got and uh, we're going to let everybody else scramble. But I I, I think they like where they are and um, hopefully it's the right choice. Well, and the other thing you have to remember is if a guy's being traded, if uh, you know they're not necessarily being traded for the reasons that you want to bring them into a culture and into a team. And we've developed this culture. And uh, oh gosh, who who were we talking about last night, Matthew? I forget, but maybe it was Jay Crowder or something along those lines. It's like you bring in these guys and there comes a point when they're more than an asset. And there'll always be assets, okay? The NBA is a business. And you learn that more than... Any other day, today is the day that reminds you that the NBA is a business. But part of the Suns culture in the past is, listen, we're going to keep you here and and keep you so frustrated and not get you to a point of winning to where you're going to want out. And that's how some players have forced us. Aaron Gordon's a great example. A lot of the Orlando, you know, they they were ready to blow it up anyways, but we don't want to leave any sour grapes because nobody wants to now go necessarily to Orlando because they know that their, their vision isn't necessarily going to be pro player. The Suns, when you have the the president of the Players Association on your team and, and you have veterans who are coming here, now we're starting to develop a winning culture. You know, you have uh, Monty Williams and James Jones. So you have an African-American general manager and head coach and assistant coaches. You have all these things that are just positives for this organization. You don't want to start to sit there and go, okay, well, let's dish Jay Crowder because the shiny toy over here looks like it could be attractive. Aaron Gordon could be something that's nice. Now, the disadvantage, obviously, of Aaron Gordon is as Suns fans know, now Denver becomes a viable threat. They're a team that, you know, has been struggling at the beginning of the season. They've worked their way kind of out of it. They really got deep. You know, they took JaVale McGee as well. So we retired that today on Twitter. Our hashtag JaVale McGee is no longer going to be around for the show because he is now a member of the Denver Nuggets. Um, So they're a team that definitely got better. And, you know, in the long run, they're scary come playoff time because they can defeat you inside. And we still have the same needs that we have. We still have 
to find some sort of support for DeAndre Ayton when he gets into foul trouble, knowing that Dario Sarge can't put in the minutes or the size to defend those situations. So there is still opportunity for the Suns, and we've mentioned it a few times, the buyout market. Uh, we don't know necessarily what that's going to look like. A lot of people are talking about LaMarcus Aldridge. I'm personally not big on the LaMarcus Aldridge uh, talk. I don't know where you where do you, where do you stand on that, Flex, on L.A.? I'm, I'm right in the middle with L.A., and I'm in the middle because I think there's some things that he can bring to the table offensively, but we got enough offense, okay? Um, Agreed. The problem with, with L.A. is that he, he can't defend anymore. And and so this is a team. This big, this team hangs their hat on defense. That's that's why we're the Phoenix Suns. Yes, sir. Uh, it's second best team in the conference. You know, I think fifth in the in the whole league now because of that loss yesterday. But you guys know that we're a better team than, than fifth in the league right now. Mm-hmm. And um and so he can't defend. And so you know he's not a he can't defend power forwards. He's probably more suited to try to defend centers at this point in his career. And uh, and then you're going to you're going to struggle with the chemistry thing. You're going to say, you know, where, where does he fit in? What, how many minutes are you going to guarantee a guy like L.A.? Um, whose minutes are you going to take? And, and to your point, uh, John, you know, it's, it's, this is a tough situation because, you know, you, you're dealing with chemistry. I think it's the most underrated part of a basketball team. Agreed. Um, yeah. I, I think chemistry, you know, uh, uh, chemistry is by far the most important thing. And this is what got this team where they are. So how do you go to a team and say, hey, man, you're, you're first in the Pacific Division. You're the second best team in the West, top five team in the league. There's not much room to improve. You're at the top of the league. And <laughs> guess what, guys? Um, that's not good enough. We're just going to ship you out yeah. for a shiny toy. It just doesn't make sense. You know what I mean? No, yeah. it doesn't. I was actually I was listening to uh, Cameron Payne on Bickley and Broad a little bit. He was talking about how he just had to do extra this year because he or last year when he came into the bubble for the Suns, he improved so much from what he was before. And when he was playing overseas, he hated it so much. So when he comes over here, he wants to improve and do the little things on this team to actually get those minutes. And that is everybody right now on the bench. So it is. It's true. It's like who are you going to bring in here? How many minutes is that guy going to get? And then also, like, the guys that are already playing right now from the bench, some of them are losing minutes in DMPs in certain games. So they're losing minutes even though they're playing out of their minds, one of their best career years. So you have these guys that are like, okay, someone else is going to come in. No, you're not going to take these minutes. I want these minutes. And that's the way the whole team's played this year. They're earning their minutes by doing the little things, playing defense. And that's just something that we have to be excited about because even though no one's no one was added like these guys know like now they're safe now they can go out and ball but they still have to prove something to stay on this team going into the playoffs in the next year and next season they want to stay with this culture this winning culture that we do have yes i'm i'm you know what i'll I'll give you an example about how this thing i love this 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 topic so i know from my source that if the Aaron Gordon trade were to go through and this is this is it's not rocket it doesn't take rocket science to figure this out yeah. Uh, Dario Saris had to be in that deal. Yep. Had to. To, to make the money work, Dario Saris had to make, be in a deal. So you're talking about a deal that, you know, we're just going to hypothetically say, you know, Dario Saris, Jalen Smith, and Abdel Nader, and then a third team comes in with some picks and something like that, right? Yeah, yeah. And and the, and the, the thoughtful Orlando, why they would like something like that is, okay, you got Dario on a cheap contract that could play multiple positions, power forward, backup center, he's versatile. You get a young guy in Jalen Smith who was a 10th pick in the draft, who quite frankly could become a guy like you know Aaron Gordon or whatever in the future. So you're betting on you got you got a nice roll of the dice there. Yep. And then a, a a young guy like Abdel Nader and then a pick. So 
it makes sense that that could be something that you mess with. Now, here's the thing. Uh, you know, a campaign mentioned it today, but it, it gets in these guys' heads, man. These guys love playing together. This is probably the closest Phoenix Suns team I've seen in a long time. Agreed. You know, um, I, I know they I know they hang out a lot after games. They they hook up at the houses and they have a good time and a very close knit group. And you look at Dario Saric's last three games, guys. And this is just my opinion. I'm not saying there's no way for me to to to, to say this factually, but Dario struggled in the last week. And I can't help but think that, and yes. I said this to a close friend yesterday, I said, I can't help but think that this is in the back of his head. This is why he's yes. struggling. He's sitting here like, man, this trade deadline's coming. I know my name's probably popping up somewhere. My agent might have already called me and told me, hey, they can't make a deal without having you involved. And so that creeps into the back of your head. And now you got three games from Dario Saris that are not like him. Um, so, again, this is how the NBA works. These people are human beings, man. And yep. um, they, they, they take these things seriously. And I expect now that the trade deadline's done, expect a lot of these players to be a lot calmer. And I expect a really good game for Dario Saric uh, tomorrow against Toronto. Well, this is where uh, I'll bring my counter argument to the Dario Saric thing. Uh, I wrote a piece for Bright Side of the Sun on how he should be mentioned with six man of the year. And ever since then, he's played like dog shit. So I have jinxed him, <laughs> and I take full credit for that. That's truly what has happened with that's him. That's what happened. So, that's what happened, John? <laughs> that's, that's exactly what happened. Okay. So, uh, but we put a poll out there today on Twitter asking, you know, as the trade deadline has come and gone, how are the Suns fans' feelings? And essentially, we gave them four options. We gave them all happy emojis. We gave them more of a puzzlement emoji. We gave them our fans the option to click the indifferent emoji. And then we had the upset emoji. And uh, out of 672 votes, 35% are happy that the Suns are, are, you know, didn't necessarily do anything. We're still happy with our team. You have 22% who were puzzled and 31% who were indifferent. Uh, so if you take indifferent and happy together, that's 66%. That's a, that's two thirds of Suns fans who voted on this are still happy with where we're at. And I think that's something, you know, uh, John Bloom was saying today with uh, Vince or uh, uh, Dan Bickley, Dan Bickley. The, I heard that Bickley too. and Murata show. He lit. I love every word that John Bloom said because it's exactly how I feel. And I think it's something we talk about pretty often here on the Suns jam session podcast is enjoy the, enjoy the roller coaster, enjoy the ride. You know, it's not always about the destination. A lot of times it's about the journey. And, and this journey that we're on as Suns fans is something that's so foreign. We do have a window that's open right now, and that's why some people are upset. They go, hey, we have a window. We should do anything we can do to knock through that window and try to go and win a championship. And who's to say that James Jones isn't at this point? He did the same thing last year. We There was opportunities to trade some players away, maybe garner some assets that would give us a better opportunity to progress later in the season. And he stood fast, and it still ended up working out because he trusts in what he has. Now, obviously, what he has has to perform moving forward. DeAndre Ayton needs to become more consistent. Dario needs to pick himself up. The bench needs to play with more consistency. Uh, but all these things are doable because we've seen them in spurts for this team. So I definitely think that this team is headed in the right direction. I'm okay with them not doing anything. And, and it sounds like all three of us agree with that. And pretty much everybody I've, uh, you know, the sun solar panel, I was listening to that on my drive home today. I had the YouTube up while I was, while I was driving. I did so, too, but uh, my yeah. 4G sucks. <laughs> yeah, no, all of a sudden it would freeze a bit. You know, <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, Dave would be in the middle of making a point and it would just be like, uh, fuck. <laughs> and that's how I felt. I'm like, oh, come on, keep loading, keep loading, keep loading. Uh, but it seems like they all agree, and the majority of Suns fans are there. It's like we we didn't know go and need to give up all of the the Suns assets or some of the Suns assets in in an attempt to do what we want to accomplish. 
because of what you mentioned, Flex, uh, the chemistry is unbelievably underrated, and we see it night to night. We know this team loves playing together. You see the way that they move the ball, and they've learned and continue to develop, and they're only going to get better as the season progresses, especially now that the trade deadline's behind them. But now we turn our eyes to the buyout market, and this is where it gets a little tricky because we still need to address one, I think we agree, or maybe, you know, if you guys have another need, please let me know. But, you know, one glaring need is, the again, a, the the need for a backup big. And uh, Bees is in the chat. And it's good to see you, Bees. I haven't seen you in, the, in our live streams. I'm calling you out. Come and join us mm-hmm. after the games. Uh, but he's, he's asking thoughts on Drummond. So we'll go around here and we'll talk about Drummond. But I'll, I'll start off with my thoughts, and then maybe you guys can echo that. Uh, you know, the thing with Drummond is he's he's a starter. He's somebody who wants to start her minutes. He's going to go to a team that's going to provide him an opportunity to play the game that he likes to play and hopefully garner a big contract going into next season. It doesn't benefit him to go come on the Suns and play the backup role to DA when DA gets in foul trouble and when the matchups are convenient for the team. Now, obviously, the Lakers is a place where he could go and get those minutes because they're starting Mark Gasol when healthy. And Mark Gasol's just past his prime. So that's a team that's probably very uh, sexy to him. I think also the Clippers are as well, you know, uh, with Avaka Zubac. I think it's another guy who could probably, you know, they could put on the bench and, and, and utilize him in that capacity. So I do like Drummond, but I don't think he fits with this team. Ma- Matthew, what do you think about our buddy Drummond? No, he doesn't fit. If he was a guy that comes in here and he wants to be, if he wants to play off the bench, that's fine. Like that's automatically someone you can go get right now. Of course, he still wants to be a starter. He still thinks he's at that caliber. He can be on a, on a good team, a good, decent center. Just he clogs the lane. Like you said, he's just a guy that would be in the way of DA. Cause I love DA just playing in the post. I love him. I, I mean, he still has a turnaround shot that I love too, but him playing in the post, working on that stuff, it'd be too much going on in the lane for him. Uh, Drummond was one at one time when I was kind of upset with DA, he was a guy that I was like, you know what? If we're going to have this insecure center, this is me before now, right now. And it, when you were drunk one night and I was, I drank two beers. Yeah. <laughs> I was a little, I was a little, <laughs> they were IPAs. They were IPAs. Yeah, I was like, if we can just get someone in here that plays center, that's really confident in his game, just does what he does best every game, then yeah, go get Drummond. Trade Aiden for him. But obviously, too much to drink. I kind of laid off of that. And I just think Drummond would be not a good fit for the Suns, right, Flex? I mean, what do you think, dude? Yeah, I mean, listen, in a vacuum, if if Andre Drummond wanted to come to the Phoenix Suns and play his role, stay in his lane, not mess up anything, ruffle any feathers, and back up DA. Yeah. Hell yeah, sign me up. Yes, but sir. I mean, the reality is, um, that's probably not the case. So, uh, I, I'm I will say this, um, I'd love to be surprised. I, I'd love to hear that, hey, he actually wants to come to Phoenix, play with CP and Book, and try to do something special in Phoenix. I'd be thrilled, I'd be over the moon. I think it'll help DA actually. I think it'll help DA in practice, I think it'll help DA. Um, as far as just little intricacies that a guy like uh, Drummond can bring to the table. But again, I think that's more pie in the sky. I think we're just hoping that he would be willing to fall in line. And you got to remember, the guy wants another contract. So why would he come do that? Um, so, yeah, it, to echo what you guys are saying, I, I just doesn't I don't think the fit is good. But I, I wouldn't mind having – could you imagine playoff time? Oh, you man. got uh, Andre Drummond and DeAndre Ayton to deal with. And, and I mean, I, listen, yeah. we saw a little bit – we saw a little bit – it wasn't great last year, but we saw a little bit of the Suns teasing that Baines-Ayton lineup. Yeah. You know, for a little bit. And it wasn't great because I think Baines and Ayton are, you know, two different type of people. But 
Um, I think there'll be a lot of teams that will be scared of the Suns if they had to deal with those two behemoths in a seven-game series interchangeable and uh, and just causing havoc down there, grabbing every rebound and playing defense. But again, um, that's more pie in the sky. We'll see how that plays out. But yeah, I'm with you guys. I don't think he fits. So when you look at the buyout market and potential targets, <clears throat> is there anybody that you're hearing flex or is there anybody we should kind of, as Suns fans, keep an eye on uh, as we look at potential suitors for the Phoenix Suns? Well, I, I, I'll say this. We talked about a guy. I know emphatically that the Suns are indeed talking to LaMarcus Aldridge. Um, okay. And there's a lot of reasons for that. I mean, I think we plenty of people have touched on the fact that he's got a great relationship with Monty, mm-hmm. dating back to Portland and, and the San Antonio thing. And um, I think there's a, there's a little bit, and, and this was from someone that uh, has a little bit of knowledge of his camp, I think there's a little bit of uh, regret on his end to an extent about how the things happened in Phoenix, you know, the whole banner downtown and he was coming and then, and then Popovich swooped in and stole him. And so I think there's a part of that that plays into it too. I think he may be sitting here saying, Hey man, you know, is this a chance to right a wrong and go to Phoenix and maybe help these guys make a step? So I do think LaMarcus is a, is a legit guy. Um, I will say this. There are guys that we're not talking about yet that are not yet uh, buyouts that I think could become buyouts. And I think that's where we're monitoring the market. Um, I'm not saying this guy is going to be a guy that we want. Gotcha. I'm just throwing a hypothetical out there. Like Otto Porter is going to get bought out. Yeah. Okay. He, he's going to get I would bought like out. Otto Porter a lot. Okay. So, so you see what I'm saying? Like, I'm not saying that the Suns, I don't have any concrete info. Which that makes the Suns sense. Are. I mean, the moves that Chicago made today, it could, it makes Otto Porter expendable. Correct. So I, I don't have any intel that Otto Porter is indeed the guy that they're looking at. Right. But I will say that those are the type of scenarios that I don't think people are paying too much attention to. And that is going to indeed happen. And so they're going to have more than a few options. I think the question is, which way do they go? Do they go traditional big right behind DA? Do they guy? Do they go with a hybrid guy that's like Dario that can play the four and the five? And that's where LaMarcus comes in a little bit. So um, there's some guys out there. And I, I promise you guys, you guys know, as soon as mm-hmm. I know something, you'll know something. I'll I'll be putting it up on Twitter and stuff, but as of right now, it's pretty fluid. I mean, they're just monitoring the whole entire pot right now and just trying to see who's the best fit that that they can uh, maybe possibly bring in. Yeah, so it's going to be pretty random, right? It'll be random whenever we hear someone like, oh, they bought out. So it's like, oh, what's the interest with the Suns? We'll take it one day at a time. So the buyout market, like how long does this last? Like, you know, I I don't remember Mm -hmm. last year or whatever. So does it, it starts automatically right now, but like when does it end or what is the timeline of it? So, so my understanding um, and you know, I'm sure I can Google it, but (laughs) I can, I can, I can be off. I I can be off by a day or two, but my understanding is it's uh, April 9th, April 9th. Okay. Okay. So April 9th. Um, and and this is a tricky year. This is a tricky year because of all the changes and dates and COVID and all this stuff. But I believe it's April 9th is the day that you have to acquire a player that's waived or bought out to make him playoff eligible. Um, and so you can buy out a player for the whole season, you can bring him in right before the playoffs if you want, but obviously he yeah. won't be playoff eligible. So I, I would imagine today's the 25th. So we're talking about a, about a two-week window roughly 
okay. um, in which all this stuff can happen. But again, I think it's going to happen pretty quick because most teams want to get this out the way as quick as possible. So I think in the next week or so, we'll we'll have the answers to most of this stuff. Which makes sense. You want the teams to get the players in here, go through COVID protocols, and start developing that chemistry with the team. So April 9th, that's actually the home open opener for the Arizona Diamondbacks. And my mom bought me tickets today. Her, my, oh, mom and I, my mom and I nice, go every year. Nice. Is there a shout out to I don't know if there's a Suns game. If if so, uh, Matthew, you're going to host the podcast solo. In fact, yeah. it'll just be you and Flex. So let me know. Let me know, Matthew. You need me? I'll jump yeah. in gladly. I'm not driving though. You're going to have to drive. <laughs> you explain the game of basketball. You know, just ask you some random questions to keep it going. <laughs> a couple other. Uh, guys i want to bring up and shout out to the jamsters who are again watching along live with us we truly appreciate it make sure you hit the thumbs up button on youtube and subscribe as well um we have somebody asking uh, hyo won chung as white side if he gets bought out um matthew you want to take white side yeah i mean i'll take him do you like do i want him on the sun's team no like do you want to take the topic of white side I mean, yeah, automatically he he knows his role. So at Whiteside, it's it's a little different because I feel like if you get like another veteran big in there, he can probably maybe help DeAndre Aiden out, maybe get some more focus on his game and help him out in that way. Whiteside is just kind of like he is DeAndre Aiden, but in a different realm. Like he's just that other guy that actually went the other way, puts up good stats, but the effort in there isn't there every night. So DA is kind of going to the path where he is being he's a little bit more interested every play every game he's on the right path right now so i don't know if that would mess up chemistry in that way but white side yeah he's an automatic dude i want to come off the bench and help the sun's team just with size rebounding and putbacks so i i would say yeah buyout get him on this team what do you think flex yeah yeah i'm I'm, i couldn't agree more i mean here's the thing man you can never get enough bigs and rebounds like you you know we're we're again we hang our hat on that end of the floor so I mean, this is a guy that's still in his sleep and grab 20 rebounds. I mean, even yeah. even with minimal effort, this guy still finds a way to grab 20 rebounds when he when he's engaged and he wants to. So, um, yeah, I, I I take him in a buyout. Um, I think, uh, like you said, I think he knows his role a little more. Um, I think he'll be more willing to come in and be a good soldier um, as opposed to trying to outplay Aiden or, or yes. anything like that. So, yeah, I I definitely take him, and and I wouldn't be I, I wouldn't be shocked if he's a guy that they're monitoring. Let's just say that. The only issue I have with Whiteside is kind of his attitude and his ego. Um, but again, if he comes to the Phoenix Suns and he falls in line with the culture and decides, you know what, I'm gonna, I want to be a part of this team, and if I do what's being asked of me, and that's literally come in once every two or three nights and play some defense and get some re- rebounding, and he's okay with it, yeah, I think. I mean, he hits a lot of the check marks that we want outside of what's in between the ears. So we'll see how it goes uh, relative to Whiteside. Uh, we have Nathaniel in the chat. He says, what do you think of Jabari Parker? Flex, I'll let you take that one. I know he got buy- bought out today by the Sacramento Kings. Um, I'm, I'm not a big Jabari Parker guy. Um, only because I think that what he brings to the table, we have in spades. And so, uh, again, I, I, I would take Jabari Parker if we didn't have the plethora of wings and guys that already do that stuff. Um, so I'm more geared towards looking at a big behind DA. So that's just a flex thing. Yep. Um, not that Jabari is a bad player, but I just think that if we're struggling to get minutes now, you throw Jabari into the mix. I mean, where's Tory Craig going to play? Where's Abdel Nader going to play? Um, you're going to, yeah, so it's just a whole bunch of, of things going on there. I think at that point, and, and I don't think Jabari is really that good on defense. Um, yes. As and, and Mario Lopez says in the chat, he's a terrible defender. 
Exact. Terrible defender. And, you know, I, I don't like to harp on injuries. Um, my son tore his ACL, but I think this guy's got like two or three torn ACLs. Oh, so it's yeah. just, a, yeah, it's just, a, I, I mean, I'm, yeah, he's, he's got some injury things. So, you know, you bring a guy in like that and then, you know, you, now you're also playing the game where you wasted your one opportunity on a guy that could be injury prone or could have a problem later on in the line and you just wasted an opportunity. So, yeah, I'd pass on Jabari. Yeah, you don't want to bring in guys with like more questions that you don't want to answer. You know, he's one of those. If it was like two years ago, maybe Jabari Parker. I mean, he really filled out. I thought he had a couple good seasons uh, a couple years ago, but right now it's just like not interested. I mean, he can. What can he bring? Oh man, I am silent on that. I don't even know because he would just. I mean, it would almost be wasteful minutes because we love so many guys coming off the bench right now. The only answer we need to like the only question we need to answer there you go is just behind da so does he fill that spot really no. no so i'm just not interested unless it's just that guy to back up da right now so and uh, they're gonna get that i feel like i'm with flex i think they're gonna keep talking they will probably add that guy even if it's white side they just need somebody there yeah exactly right. they, they need that body and you know somebody asked in the chat uh which player would you expect us to cut if we decide to go grab someone off the wire uh abdul nader no, that's Monty's guy, dude. Yeah, but they just brought that. in Tory Craig, who's like an upgraded Abdul Nader. He can hit the three ball and he can play defense better than Nader can. I don't know. I mean, what do you think, Flex? Hey, that's the that is the I'm telling that's you the guys. Tough part about that this is team, the man. Tough part about yeah. this team. So, listen, if you, I like Nader. I, I I do. I think I think yeah, he's the guy that was kind of just brought in. I like Tory Craig. I think Tory Craig is going to play a pivotal role in this team come playoff time once he gets more adapted to the team. So it's not Tory Craig. Uh, I think Abdel Nader hangs around. I mean, are you talking Etwan Moore? You that, know what I mean? Yeah, it, it might be Etwan Moore. You're you know, right. And, and that's which a is, tough one, too. Which yeah. is unfortunate, you know? Right, <laughs> like, right. I love this team. God, yeah. I love this team. They kind of disappear, right? You can even say maybe Javon Carter, but I doubt that. You know, just you throw out these names – because a lot of these guys just miss three or four games in a row. So it's like, oh, maybe it's that guy. But then he'll come back and he'll play two good games in a row. So then you don't want to get rid of anybody. That's that's the issue we have. Yeah. 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 Well, well, I think on that <laughs> note, we're going to we're gonna start to wrap things up here on the Suns Jam Session podcast. You know, Flex, I got to tell you, last time we had you on the podcast was right before the CP3 trade. I think it was like a two-part series that we did because we were actually going through draft prospects and, and things of that yeah. nature. And, you know, I just got to say, man, like how fun has this season been? You know, since the time we last talked, we, we, you know, outside of going back and forth on Twitter and stuff, you know, having you on the podcast, like the Suns now sit at 29 and 14. I mean, how amazing has this season been, dude? Dude, it's, there's days I wake up and I pinch myself and I'm like, <laughs> I'm, I'm waiting to look like I'll grab my phone. I'm waiting to see the standings and see that we're like 10 and 31. And I'm like, oh, it's all, <laughs> it's all a damn dream. Um, you know, but but no, it's not. I mean, it's been a lot of fun. Um, it's, it's an amazing ride because you, there's, there's a couple factors, man. Um, I believe that, and I've been saying this for a while, I believe this team skipped a step. You know, you go, you're supposed to go from the bubble to a team that might be fighting for that six, seven, eight in the West. Right. And, and that's the matur that's the natural maturation. And, yeah. And this team just came in here and and start giving us vibes of seven seconds or less when we won 29 games. And then Steve Nash comes in and we win 62. And then the next, you know, five to 10 years are just amazing. Well, not five to 10, but, you know, all yeah. the way up until 2010. So um, it's been a lot of fun, man. Um, 
I, I just feel like Planet Orange, and this is going to be like a public service announcement, man. Um, Planet Orange, man, we have to enjoy this more. I mean, I've been around the game of basketball my whole life. I'm 41 years old. I've been a Suns fan over 30 years. And I just feel like there's a there's a part that is a part of our fan base that is kind of like just waiting for the other shoe to drop or something or or just not enjoying it as much as they should. And the reality is this, man. Um, we're not promised any this this type of season, man, is a magical season. This is something that we, we may look back. Uh, you know, five, 10 years from now and say, man, remember that team? Like similar, remember the 48 win, 48 win yeah. team in, uh, with Drogic and Bledsoe that just missed the playoffs. That was an aberration. I don't think this is an aberration. I think this team is here to stay. I think they have, uh, you know, st- sustainability and lasting power. Um, and so without being long-winded, man, it's been a lot of fun. I'm really excited. And I just want people to try to enjoy it a little bit more, man. Let's stop worrying about the things they can't do. And let's just focus on the things that they're very good at. And they're good at a lot of things. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm hoping to be in like 115 degree weather with you guys. Hell man. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Y'all know what I'm saying, yeah. right? Yep. Come play all time. Yeah, Deuce, yeah. Deucey just opened up the state, man. So I mean, yeah. like he said, no more restrictions everywhere, which sucks for me at work because everybody is walking up like, well, I don't have to wear my mask anymore. I'm like, yes, you do. We still are a private company. <laughs> we still have rules and regulations. Settle down. Like, the, it's this isn't like on. yeah this isn't ve day in 1945 like the war's not over we got a long yeah. way to go but you know but I'll, I'll i'll echo what you were saying flex you know one thing that matthew and i really became accustomed to during the quarantine last year doing all of our podcasts was talking about sun's history and going back and analyzing different seasons and aberrations in the 1984 season and and how that 2006 season could have been the you know might have been our best chance to actually win a championship and you know, in, in three or four years, we're going to look back at this and be like, dude, you know, you, you hope that you enjoy it. And that's what I love. Again, what Bloomer said today on the radio was how, how much we need to enjoy this. And just, you know, it, it's as fans be positive. It's good to be positive. Good things will happen. And you're right. It's almost like our our fan base is schizophrenic. So when there's no trades that grow that go on, people start to freak out and they start to go, well, hold on. You know, like we're, we're not going to win. It's like you don't know what's going to happen. And this is a stepping stone. The fact that, and I love how you said that, we skipped a developmental step. It's so true. We're the number two seed in the West. We do have a tough schedule upcoming with a lot of road games, but this team has proven that they do well on the road. Look at the bubble. They bond. They come together. And they will lose games. And, you know, it's so funny because you go back and you look at the schedule and you're like, damn, dude, we lost to the Pistons and the Wizards and the Magic. But we also beat a lot of top-tier teams that were in close games as well. So it's like, that's the NBA. At the end of the day, as long as you're winning more than you're losing, good things are going to happen. And right now, great things are happening for this fan base. So sit back, relax, enjoy the ride. Know that the buyout market's sitting there to address the, the little needs that we we need to. And just enjoy what's going on. Yeah, and on, from the comments in this show and from what I've seen on Twitter, it doesn't seem like a lot of Suns fans are really upset. I know you had the poll. Yeah. But it's just like I think everyone's cooled off. This team is probably cooled off. Dario Saric, great point earlier, Flex has cooled off. His game will come back because I I actually hit myself over the head with that one today this morning. I was thinking I'm like, duh, Dario thought he he was maybe getting traded, <laughs> right. and that might have been all that was happening. But yeah, I mean the Suns fan base. I mean we were at this we're at the beach, a beautiful day at the beach, but we think like there's shark in the water, some <laughs> yeah. shark, not just not just a bunch of sharks, just one shark, one shark. And, and yeah, you know, we're just worried about it, and I just think that's the way we feel right now. And I mean 
who's to blame them really i mean we just don't know what it's like to actually go and win a championship like it's been forever since we've been even close to it so it's okay to be worried but we will look back on this like it's an, it's hard to enjoy the moment for a lot of people and that's one of the issues that we have right now but i'm gonna try my best to do that Amen. hey, hey can i can i can i say one last thing guys please yeah, do, of course. Flex, please yeah. do. Uh, about the trade deadline real quick you know just to remind people there, there was no marquee guy available like there was no, you know, there was yeah. no like Aaron Gordon James. isn't a marquee guy. <laughs> right, right. So there was so I hear people say, man, we were supposed to go for it. We we're supposed to go yeah. all in. And I'm saying, well, who's the all in guy? Harden wasn't available. Steph Curry wasn't available. KD wasn't. You go all in for those guys. Yes. But you, you don't go all in for guys that are going to be fourth options on your team. That's just not an all in no. scenario. So um, just, you know, I, I know people wanted that splash. Um, but you know, take a deep breath. The sun's going to come out tomorrow. We're going to take on Toronto. They're not going to have Norman Powell. We caught a break there. Yeah. Uh, we didn't, we didn't catch one last night though, but yeah. we caught a break and we'll get back on track, man. And, uh, again, I'm, you know, be excited about this basketball team, man. Uh, the future's bright. And just yep. so you guys know, April 9th, there's no game. We play the Clippers on the eighth and the Wizards on the 10th. So, We'll still have you on flex if you if you want to. I know you're I'm busy. always down, guys. Always down. I, <laughs> yeah. Listen, listen. I said we said half hour, man, and I'd go another hour with you guys. I know I love we you guys. could. Guys, we could. Man, if I didn't have to go to the gym, you know? if I didn't have to finish my dinner, <laughs> I would. Yeah, I got my dinner. I got salad. I got salad and go soup, yeah. as you can see there, and yeah. and some salads. So. But really quick, too. Flex. I'm coming. I'm right. coming over, huh? That, that yeah. one guy was probably just. I mean, just to throw a name out there, it'd be like a Giannis, right? The Giannis guy to go get and sell the whole Correct. team for. Yes. That was it, really. There's you, no you not, heard it here big, first. No, no one like that. So <laughs> that's you like pointed that. that out too. So well, again, thank you to Flex from Jersey for joining us on the Suns Jam Session podcast. We always appreciate talking to you, my friend. Uh, if you're watching along live, please hit the subscribe button and hit the like button, the thumbs up button, if you will. No thumbs down tonight. It's funny, Matthew yeah, and I were talking. We'll, we'll, we'll get we'll, we'll get thumbs down on some of our videos just because the Suns lose. I think. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, come on Did I talk uh, about LaMelo ball too much or something yeah it's gotta be what it is not anymore um but again if you're listening uh go ahead subscribe rate and review uh flex you want to know where you, everybody can follow you and listen to you and and hang out with you and have a burrito yes. with you yes sir yes sir last time cruise fe13 on twitter you can catch the uh on twitter uh coast to coast pod one and real quick Coast to Coast podcast with Dan Duarte, the Believe Network podcast with Earl Burnett, KSR in Arizona with Earl Burnett, the post game show with John Bloom. And anytime you guys are generous enough to want me to come on and want to talk, I rock with you guys anytime, man. Love y'all to death. Love your show. And uh, I can't wait. I'm, I'm, I'm already looking at the phone for the next invite. <laughs> appreciate it. Appreciate it. <laughs> uh, Matthew, you want to tell everyone they can follow you? Yeah, I'm Matthew Listing. Really quick, actually, the Suns didn't make an addition. Breaking news: Kendall Jenner is gonna have a baby Booker. <laughs> baby oh, Booker. No, it looks no, like no way. Is. Yeah, Chris Jenner. I mean, DeAndre Ayton had his kid. This is perfect. Grow them up together, play in the Suns for twenty years, and have their kids. No, is this a, is this a joke or no? no actually, serious? I saw it. it's on Twitter. It's on Twitter right I'm now. Not see, I'm not seeing it anywhere. Chris Jenner said, "You got this with a baby bottle at Kendall Jenner." So oh. I mean, maybe then I don't know what. Who knows? See. Okay. Okay. Uh, <laughs> nice. Wow. Okay. So there you go. Breaking news on the Sun Champ session. <laughs> Two hours ago, I think. Uh, okay. And uh, you can follow me at Darth Voida. 
And you can follow me in the salad and go um, drive through because this shit is delicious. So, uh, again, make sure you follow us live after every Suns game. You know where to find us. We appreciate everybody for joining us. And have a great night. We'll see you tomorrow as the Suns take on the Tampa Bay Raptors. So, take care, everybody. Hey, everyone, go home and love your family. Peace out, guys.